Voices of Hope is a podcast of New Hope Presbyterian Church of Castle Rock, Colorado. New Hope is a church that puts people first. You can listen to our sermons and podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other popular podcast platforms. This week, Pastor Russ brings us a sermon called Nurturing Your Heart. It comes from Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. I'd like you to do a little mind experiment with me, and it's ridiculous. I'm just going to tell you up front, it's, it's, it's laughable, it's ridiculous, but I'm going to make a point with it. I want you to imagine that now with the Winter Olympics, and you are watching the trials, and, and you get excited and decide, I want to be there. I want to do that. And, and the event that has captivated your attention is this one. It is called Skeleton. Talk about an unfortunate name for a sport that, um, well, never mind. The, um, and, and you've never done this. You I mean, you've sledded as a child, right? You've done that. But you've seen this, and you think this looks exciting, and you've decided, I can do this. Because last Olympics, when I was watching the finals, the, the, the commentator said, boy, they just have to really want it at this point. Let's just, see, let's just see who wants it the most right now. And you said, well, then I can want it a lot. And so you get the stuff, and you get the helmet, you get the sled, your chin is three inches above the ground, you're ready to go, not because you've trained, but because you really, really, really want it. How's that going to go? So it doesn't go so well, and you realize, okay, so maybe that wasn't as good an idea. So what I really need is, I'm going to try it again, but this time I need a better helmet. I need that cool gold one, because that must be the problem. And now I'm going to do it, and I'm going to really, really want it. I'm going to ratchet up my passion. I'm going to go at it with everything I got. And it doesn't go so well. If you are still walking on your own, and you decide, hey, I know what I want to do. The problem is, I need, forget the helmet, I need a cool orange jersey, because that's going to look better as I flash down and as I try to find the right exact angle and balance and do all that, I'm going to try that. And again, of course, that doesn't work. And now you're left with, but I really wanted it. I wanted it with everything I had. I tried as hard as I could. Why didn't it work? And then it flashes. Well, this is crazy. This is a, this is a terrible way to do it. The problem is I need a new sport. This is what I'm going to do. <laughs> all right. Ridiculous, yes? It's ridiculous to think you could do that, that just because you want it really bad, just because you try really hard and you are the most sincere person in the midst of all this, that somehow that's going to make a difference and that somehow that's going to change you and somehow that, that is going to be the key to doing what you want. I'm talking about change and I'm talking about the heart. And as ridiculous as that sounds when it comes to sports, I am amazed. I'm amazed how many times that is the exact approach that people try in church. I'm amazed how many times uh, sermons are preached and books are written and seminars are given and studies are presented that basically have this approach. All you have to do is really, 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 really want it. And if we just inspire people enough, if we just... Boy, just really lean into it and tell them if they just believe it hard enough. If we, if we take this passage that's part of ours today and we say, listen, 
in 2022, this is what we're going to do. And we drum this through whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. If we, if we hold that up and just say the right words and with the right music and the right atmosphere and really get behind, get people motivated, that's going to change people's hearts. That's going to change people's world. Hey, how does that work for us? I'm talking about that, that important part of who we are. I used this last week because it's a, <laughs> it's a simple two-dimensional little drawing to explain something really complex. So what could go wrong with that? But it's that part of who we are as, as the physical, the spiritual, and the, the mental part of who we are. And the thing that holds us together is heart. If you want to change your life, change your heart. And sometimes that's the bumper sticker we use. And let's just go change our hearts this year. Let's just really lean in. Let's love God with all our heart this year. We do all of that, all of that. And we're always kind of surprised how it doesn't work. We end up at the bottom of the run in a heap at the end of every day. It's like we tried, but I really, really wanted, I really tried. And it says, and it says here, that's what you do. This is how you change your heart. This is what you do. You put on compassion and kindness. Who doesn't want those things? Who doesn't want more humility and gentleness and patience? We understand of being tolerant with one. None of this is stuff we don't want. As the Lord forgives you, so forgive each other. And over all these things, put love, which is the perfect bond of unity. We can do this. Let's just try really, really hard. And if that doesn't work, I just need a new Bible. That's what I need. I need a Bible that's going to make me want to read it. So I get a new Bible because, you know, if you have a new Bible, it's better than the old Bible because the old Bible's kind of, you know, old. But the new Bible, you're really going to want to read it and you've got those cool pages. And that doesn't work. And then you realize, oh, maybe, maybe it's because I need the Bible with those red letters. That will really make me want to read the Bible because then Jesus' words will jump out at me and then I'll understand it better. Now I'll really get into it. And that doesn't work. And then we go, well, I really need like a leather-bound Bible because those look really official. And if I had a leather-bound Bible, then you see where this is going, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We can say, well, I, I just... I, I need a new, and you put in, you fill in the blank, a new church, a new music, a new group, a new fellowship, a new study, a new, put it in there. And all those things might be good. None of those things by themselves will change our heart. And so we are left with a choice. Either, either Paul really didn't mean all that stuff when he wrote it about being tolerant and about being more loving and about being more forgiving and maybe he didn't mean and maybe Jesus didn't mean any of all that stuff either maybe he was just kind of saying that to kind of say well that's the ideal but don't really worry about it and there are people who think that's pretty much what happened either they weren't serious or we're not we may be passionate we may be aspirational, we may be sincere, but we're not approaching this seriously. Or what normally happens, what I get to hear, and maybe what you whisper to yourself, that's just not me. 
That's just not me. I'm just not that spiritual. I'm not spiritual like that. This morning I want to talk about what do we do when we get to that place and at the end of every day we find ourselves more often than not at the bottom of the run of that day in a heap and, and we are wondering why, why doesn't this make more sense and I've tried everything I know and it doesn't work. Maybe that's just, I, I'm just not that spiritual. Maybe that's just not me. What is the secret, the secret to actually growing a heart that makes a difference? And we've already covered a couple of them that are not. It's not about getting more outward stuff. All those things can be good. If you don't have a Bible, you can reach. Get a Bible, you can read. That alone won't do it. The first secret is this. It is you. When it comes to that kind of a vision for who you are, compassionate, tender, merciful, generous, loving, forgiving. It is you. Sometimes when we try something and we just don't think it is us, it's already self-defeating. We feel like we're going against our nature. What if in my nature, it's just, it's just not in my nature to be that, and so I just kind of give up. But again and again in the Bible, the message is, it is you. Even in our passage right here, Paul starts off, before he talks about all the things that we're supposed to do, he starts with who you are. You, you are beloved. You are loved. You are God's choice. I can't tell you how important this part of it is. Don't go past this one too fast. Yesterday we did a, a, a Friday we did a memorial service for Janine, Janine Law. And one of her favorite verses was John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. I am amazed how many times in the church, and how many sermons I have heard, how many approaches that has happened, where it's really, it's not that God loved you so much, it's just God was really angry. And God was so angry with the world that he finally just gave his son to somehow make this right. When we have this idea of a God for whom we can't get it right, and our, our, our nature is so out of sync, we will never get it right. We will never get there because everything we do, we're trying to, we think we're going against our nature. But what, what if this passage is right? What if the passages in John are right? What if Jesus is right? What if throughout the scripture it's right? You say, no, no, at the core of who you are, at the core of who you are, you are beloved because you are an expression of God's love in this world. Yes, we get it wrong, a hundred times wrong, but at the core of it, at the core of it, you are an expression of the love of God. You're not, when we're trying to do these things, we're not going against our nature. We're doing the hard work that's required to reveal our nature. Not unlike someone who's sliding down a mountain three inches above the ground. It is hard work. It's hard work for someone to play music. It's hard work for artists. It's hard work to do the skill sets at work. It's hard work to ride a bicycle at first. All these things are hard at first until they aren't, and then they reveal who you are, and you get to do them with freedom. That's who we are. That's who we are. 
Richard Foster said it this way. He said, we, we pass from thinking that God is a part of our life and all the things that we do to help God be a part of our life. And finally, we begin to realize, and life changes when we do, that we are actually a part of God's life. You are an extension of God creating in this world. And God's love came in and created you to be in this time, in this place. You are an extension and you are a part of God's life. Now, now, how do you live? That's where Joy picked it up with a beautiful piece. And I would invite you as you watch the images and read the words and listen to those to begin to imagine what did it mean if you, we really believed this, if at the core of who you are is someone who is beloved, that you are an expression and you are an extension of the love of God in this world. Now, what would we do? The God who existed before any religion counts on you to make the oneness of the human family known and celebrated. This love story doesn't require the grand. It is millions of tiny acts of kindness and civility that may seem wholly insignificant in the moment, but unite us in love when they happen. Imagine no frill acts that say, I see you, you matter. The givers of these tiny acts may not even be aware they are doing this wonderful thing of making known and celebrating the oneness of the human family. Imagine you didn't cure the world, but you offered simple kindness just because it is what love does.
And God says, you know what? I don't have anyone else except you. And all God's people said, Amen. Do you see what you just did there? You responded automatically. And if I were to say, and may the peace of Christ be with you, many of you would say, how do we do that? We do that because we know that by heart. It is a part of who we are. It has become automatic to us. So here's what I want to say about the secrets of a growing heart. A secret of a heart that changes us so that we get to be an extension and part of what God is doing in this world. And to live into who God created us to be is first, it is you. You are spiritual. <laughs> and it was Dave Chardin who said, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. That is you. It's me. But the second thing, the second thing I want to say to the secret, the second secret here, that that kind of person and growing into that kind of life and having that kind of an effect on the world, it's not about just trying. It's about training. It's about practice. It's about habits. It's about committing things to our heart in such a way that they become automatic, just as automatic as when somebody says, and all God's people said, and we say amen, and, or we, we, we start to recite the Lord's Prayer. We kind of know it by heart. What if, what if the practices that we do become so automatic that when we are faced in those situations where it is troublesome, what if we get into those places where we, we want compassion and it becomes automatic? Our responses become automatic or time for forgiveness or, or it becomes one of those situations that's really tricky and you know how to, you know how to step into that place and, and bring calm and bring peace. How did you know that? Because you practiced it and you learned it. What would happen then you see there's a part in our brain there's a part in our brain that's beyond just the part where we have to think about everything in the in the moment and it's the part that gets committed to the deeper levels and you just do it automatically and you can do that with words and you can do that with with motion the reason athletes will practice again and again and again so that it becomes automatic and then as they lean into it with passion, great. But passion by itself, trying by itself, won't get it. It takes work. <laughs> it's, about, it's about training, not just trying. So you can try all you want, and I can get at the top of that skeleton run, and I can try as hard as I want to have the perfect form and the great strength and the incredible balance. I, I can try as hard as I want and find the exact angle on the curve. And you and I both know how it happens. And you know what? That's easy. That's easy compared to this stuff. And yet we, we approach it completely differently as if it was just a matter of trying. You want, try this at the end of the day. Try going through a whole day. And when you get triggered by that thing that triggers you and you know what it is. And if you don't, your spouse does or your kids do. Try instead being triggered by that, try to respond differently, maybe with compassion, maybe with mercy, maybe with stillness, maybe with 
an open spirit. Try that and see what happens at the end of the day. I have. And too many days, at the end of that day, I end up in a heap at the bottom of the run. How about you? This idea of compassion, it takes work. Forgiveness, it takes work. Generosity, boy, does that take work. Mercy, it takes work. But whether you're an athlete, whether you are a musician, whether you're doing work, whether you're learning any skill, any skill worth knowing, any skill worth having, anything that helps express who you are in this world, of course it's going to take work. Why, why, why do we somehow expect that to live the life of a, of a changed heart is somehow just a matter of trying and automatic? We, last week I said this, and I've said this over the years. This is, a, this is a turning point for me as a pastor when I realized that the church lies to people when we say it's just about having the right information. If you just had the right, accurate understanding of this passage, that would change your life. It can help. Or you can have the, all the right words and we'll, we'll parse it in Greek and we'll parse it in Hebrew and we'll do all of that and you'll have all the right information and you'll have the, all the right doctrines and then we'll inspire people and that will do it. And there's nothing wrong with inspiration. I'm just saying the missing piece, the piece that, that, that comes and that puts people in a, a heap at the bottom of the run of every day of their life is they haven't taken the time or the effort to practice. Somehow we thought that that's un unspiritual to have to practice that stuff. And so we've lied to people. We've lied about what's involved with growing a heart. And Paul never does. Jesus never does. You see how many times he do these things. Imitate me. Do this. Do that. Continually do this. Do, do kind things. Do merciful things. Gather together. When, when we come and we talk about this year, we said our, our theme is going to be the people of hope, and we're going to make this as simple as we can. And what I took is I took all the practices and habits, and I, I grouped them into four areas. And I said, if we just pay attention to these four things, these four things, you will grow. Things will change in here to the degree that we gather with people who are committed, where we are committed to one another's growth. To the degree that we give ourselves to learn the things that we don't know yet. And only you know what that probably is. To the degree that we learn how to pray in a way that makes sense to us. A practice that works. To the degree that we give ourselves away and we serve our world with the gifts that God has given us. We do those things. You cannot help but grow. Don't do those things. And it doesn't matter how many sermons you listen to. It doesn't matter how inspired you're going to be. It's always going to end up at the bottom of, of the run of every day. And too many times you'll be in a heap. To the point you'll begin to think, maybe it's just not me. Maybe this isn't for me. But the secret is, it is. It is you. It is us. And to the degree that, that we pay attention to these things together... We get to be those people with hearts that grow. We get to live more integrated. We get to live more joyous. We get to live with greater freedom in this world. So I want you to imagine this. Last illustration. If you were to, this week in the mail, get a letter from the Olympic Committee down here in Colorado Springs and said, you know, we have run... Uh, your DNA. You took one of those DNA. You know what we found? You are amazing. You are perfect. You are in the top one-tenth of one percent of the entire country that is specific, has the right body type, the VO2, all that th for this particular sport. We want you to show up at the next Olympics. Not this one in winter. It's too soon. 
but we want you to do that. What would that do to you? If you said yes, what would you do? You have two options. Well, three, you can say wrong address. But if you say, no, okay, you, you could do two things. Say, okay, I'm just going to wait, and a week before, I'm going to make sure I get the right equipment and go, and I'm going to go do it, and I'm going to try really hard. Or you could begin to try and train now. You would probably change what you eat. You would, try, you would probably train, change your regimen of your exercise. You might want to learn something about this sport that somehow you are amazingly ad- created for in that particular spot, that sweet spot to do that. You might even do that. You might give yourself to learn how to do that. You might even put yourself around a team of people who are trying to do the same thing. You would maybe even get a coach or two to help you do those things. So here's what happens today. Is this passage is saying, listen, you are uniquely and particularly fashioned for this time in this place. There is nobody else who can live with your experiences, with your unique gifts, in the unique place that you are at. There is nobody. You're it. It is the letter that comes with Desmond Tutu's word, and God has said, listen, there is, I have no one else except you to live and to extend my love into your world. Nobody. And you have two choices. Three. You could say, that's nah, not me. But if you believed that, you could tuck that away and just try really hard. Or it might change, it might change the way you train. It might change what you do with your life and how you give yourself and what you practice at. It might change the people you hang around with. It might, it might give a different impetus to prayer and to learning. And it might change the way that you serve and how you serve and where you serve, with what gifts you serve. It would change you. So here's the great secret of a growing heart. You have the DNA of the beloved of God. Train like it. Live like it. And all God's people said, let's pray. Indeed, oh God, let us do more than just be inspired. Let us just go through this cycle again of making resolutions as as sincere as they are to taking the next step of actually doing the work, of doing that hard thing. And it's going to, of course, feel awkward at first. It always does. But rather than despair, give us the hope. Give us the courage that all that we are doing as we work at these things is beginning to reveal the person you created us to be. We are cutting through all the things that get in the way. We are emphasizing and strengthening the things that are there so so that we truly can love you with all our heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Voices of Hope. If you've enjoyed our podcast, please rate and review it and share it with your friends. Go in peace and have a wonderful week.